Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall, the show trying to empower you, the individual, to tear down that metaphorical wall and get to the truth or self-actualization. So sorry guys for the little two-week hiatus I took. Um, It's a little strange. I had about three guests who were sick, which made me think about the whole idea of terrain theory or germ theory. And um, just to uh, bring y'all back up to date, germ theory is the idea that there, there are these tiny microscopic germs that get inside of you and get you sick against the terrain theory, which is the idea that your body has toxins or things inside the body that is trying to get rid of and expel. And I found it just quite interesting how a couple of people that I was going to talk to got sick and podcasters that I listened to, a bunch of them got sick. So it made me think of the idea of what if that terrain theory is true and during this time of year, people start getting sick. That's just an idea. But today we have someone really interesting who we were about to talk to two, three weeks ago, but we kept going back and forth. Uh, We're doing a little dance, but um, she's healthy now. She has her voice back and we want to hear what she has to say today. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce to you Helen Chandra. Hi, Helen. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad we were able to make it happen this time. Right. We went like uh, four times back and forth. And finally, the fourth time, uh, hopefully, this is the the charm. I think so. I think so. I'm glad to be here. So, Helen, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how people can find you. Great. Um, I am a writer for Ben Swan at Sovereign.media. Um, I also write for Skiba News Nation. You can find my articles at Sovereign.media and at SkibaNewsNation.com. Um, I'm kind of everywhere right now. Um, very little bit on Twitter. And I'm at Hells Official, um, H-E-L-S Official, um, on Instagram. Uh, um, I'm on Getter, um, Twitter, and um, Sovereign Media. Okay, and I'm going to put all your links down in the show notes, so y'all go check her out, guys. I've been stalking her post, and she's got some awesome shit. Um, how did you get started into this, Helen? Was there anything specifically in your childhood that led you down this path of unfolding and just trying to figure out what is actually going on? Yeah, I love that question. I ask that question to, to everyone. Um, <clears throat> well, I grew up, um, and I'm sure a lot of your viewers will... Um, Kind of resonate with this. I grew up um, in a Christian home, and my father was very conservative. Um, but his generation was also very big on uh, like biblical end times. Mm. Um, so I, that was like a precursor to something is there is a path, there is a plan. Something is going to happen, and there are um, participants on this earth that, on this earth that are seen and unseen, that are um, kind of leading the way into that. Um, so I think that was just k- kind of what opened my mind um, at a young age. Um, not necessarily following in all of that theology as I got older, um, but that allowed me to be able to see past what we were seeing on our TV screen. Mm. Yes, I love that. I also feel partly lucky that I also grew up in a Christian household. And I, I find it very fascinating and interesting how in the whole world, 
everyone is so accepting and liberating of the idea of, of e even atheism or Hinduism or other religions, but the idea of Jesus or the Bible, it's instantly mocked and made seem just as a fairy tale. And I think that that happens so much in, I'm sure you know, Helen, everything in the media that they tell you, if you just do the opposite, you're more likely to have a happy and um, better life, right? Oh, I mean, everything is twisted. Absolutely everything, even down to things that seem innocent or, um, you know, beneficial, like following your heart. You know what I mean? When mm -hmm. you look at scripture, it says, don't follow your heart which is great advice because our, our feelings are feelings and our emotions are, you know, from the left to the right. Um, but it's just this culture. Um, it's this cancer of self that we've been given um, in our society that has been handed to us. And we've been indoctrinated um, with this cancer of self, which is really the opposite of what we see in, um, in Christian scripture so naturally, it's going to be hated. Absolutely. Right. And it's interesting how Jesus himself said that if the world hates you, just remember it hated me first. And I think this comes back to the idea that the world, like you said, it twists everything and it makes everything good and decent seem bad. And I think it's wild how the media has managed to make people who just want to have a strong family married to either a man or a, a woman um, grow their own food, exercise. It, they're made to seem like these people are now terrorists in a way. And it's like, what has happened to the world? And it's, it reminds me of that Malcolm X quote. He said, the media is so powerful, it has the power to make the innocent look guilty and the guilty look innocent. And so that always makes me think of the idea of why does the world hate Jesus so much or mock him? Like there's even Netflix shows making fun of Jesus like openly but you will never find a show of someone making fun of Jews or Hindus. Like that's a no, no, but Christianity. Yeah. Go trash it all you want. Which is ironic because that's not very, very tolerant, is it? Right. right. We're supposed to have all this great amount of tolerance, um, for everyone in this country. Um, but there's no tolerance for people who want to follow in the footsteps, the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Yeah. There's no tolerance there. Which is also ironic because um, his teachings are are so beautiful and and what I think does resonate with so many of us that we try I think society tries to act like that's what they're doing and that's what they want um, but it's just it's terrible it's it just doesn't it doesn't end up working out that way when you uh, label yourself God and you have no um, righteous authority. Right, right. Well, let me ask you this, because since I also grew up in the Christian household, but in my teens, I started questioning, and I love that about my pastor. He would tell us, don't believe me, go out and look around the world and seek for yourself and, and confirm for yourself what you believe is true, and I love that. So with that teaching, I would actually go into Hindu books, Buddhism. I studied the whole rigmarole of different religions <laughs> and ideals to try to figure out what's the truth. And it's strange because now in my 30s, I think I feel like the prodigal son. I, I went to the world, I partied, I did all the stuff, you know, to get it out of my system. But now I'm like, wow, the world's empty. There's really truly nothing there except like, just like you said, feelings, trying to feel good, uh, block out everything mm -hmm. that makes you feel 
bad and terrible and just go after the good stuff. But like again, like I said, I feel like the prodigal son. I'm coming back to to God and the idea of family and you know just traditional values and that's what seems to matter more as you age and you actually have a family and have something to protect. Yeah, and I, I love to hear that because I feel um, I feel myself in that as well. I think. Uh, being someone who just has a huge propensity like you or I um, for truth, just to know what's really going on, just to, you know, um, whether it's good or bad, whether it benefits me or not, I just want to know the truth. Um, I did the same thing, um, you know, went off um, and deviated from um, my faith Um really just in search of truth and being being exposed to a lot of things, which I don't think is is bad at all by any means. Um, I got really, you know, heavy, heavily into a lot of um, Gnostic situations mm. and um, like metaphysical and new age yes. and all very enticing. Um, I think especially for truth seekers, it's so enticing. There's just so much knowledge and you, and you look at, at history and science and, and, and you want to, um, reconcile that with, with faith. Right. Yes. Um, so kind of going off on that for a while. Um, and then realizing the funny thing about that was that I was gaining all this knowledge, uh, sources, new age stuff. And, um, you know, I just like said, like Gnostic walking. Um, and I realized I don't think I know as much about, the word of God scripture as I, as I do all of this stuff. So, um, kind of came back to that because I'm like, I, I want to know truth. You know, I want to make sure that I'm well-versed and I know what I'm doing. Um, and that kind of started a journey of, of discovering all these false dichotomies between faith and science and faith and history and, and, um, and things that were constantly told about Christianity and constantly told, um, about scripture that, some of it just completely false. Right. Um, and then learning like the validity of the history of scripture um, really just blew my mind. Um, and then we'll take it back a couple years ago um, when the pandemic hit. I think that brought a lot of us um, back into like, okay, I have to take this serious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like this is like everything kind of laid dormant from like when you first find out about the trilateral commission and the new world order and the Bilderbergs. Um, like my first, you know, that was a crazy year for me. That was like, I was nuts. <laughs> um, I was just like telling everyone, inviting people to my house to be like, let's watch this documentary. You guys mm-hmm. need to hear about this. Um, really on the edge of my seat waiting for the end of the world and for, um, you know, FEMA to come and pick us up and, and all kinds of stuff. And then, um, you know, politics just goes on as usual. Life just goes on as usual and you get kind of caught up in things. And then when that pandemic hit, I was kind of like, okay, okay. You know, like maybe, maybe I need to, you know, kind of wake up and, and, and be more involved. And that really started me, um, getting involved with, um, Ben and Sovereign was just seeing everything coming together and all at once. 
Um, so was decided, it, I'm sorry, Helen, was it COVID that really got you started looking into that? Or was it, what, was it something in your teens, something earlier that got you into that? Because you said it was the kind of Bible prophecy stuff from your home. <laughs> were, were you seeking that in your youthful years or was it, because I hear a lot of people, it was mainly COVID who like, once they were stuck in the room, they didn't have really much to do. So it was all these videos that kind of started waking them up. Yeah. So um, I would say the big wake up, my first like, I'll take it back. Let me, let me take it back. Um, my big, huge wake up to knowing that there is, um, not just things going on politically, but things going on spiritually, I would say, um, would just be my own experience, um, with the presence of God at a very young age. And I think that just kind of, um, right then and there, the the doors were open for me. I, I just, you know, um, I knew that I knew that I knew that he existed um, and that kind of made me go after, um, you know, what is the truth? What is this person saying? What about politics? How does that really fit in? And then growing up with, um, in that Christian household in that generation who is really big on the rapture and big on, um, my dad was very big on like, you know, like the Left Behind series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so very big on the Left Behind series. Um, very big on, I don't know if you know Kent Hovind. No, what is that? He is... How do you spell um, his last name? Kent? Kent Hovind. It's K-E-N-T-H-O-V-I-N-D. Okay. Um, or you can look him up by Dr. Dino. Okay. Um, growing up, my dad um, would watch a lot of this stuff so i would too because even at a young age i was always watching the news oh is that I the was, guy is that the guy i'm sorry that says that humans live right next to dinosaurs yes ken Tobin. oh yeah. i think and, he went to my church once oh you're kidding me i think so he would he would sell these vhs vhs tapes Explain. yeah i think it was him then yeah i think he he was in prison for a while but he's out oh now. what um, yeah what did he go like in prison tax- for tax fraud oh wow just you know (laughs) for tax fraud um but he was um really smart guy again um a lot of the people that i i love to promote or just talk about it's not that i agree with everything they say you know but um um, the smart guy and i grew up with him and he talked a lot about um um fema camps so from a really young age i talked about fema camps and these concentration camps um, you know, that they had, had been preparing since I was a young girl, which is, you know, facts, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's based knowledge. Um, so having that in my head and then, um, this is going to be kind of funny. So, um, I don't know what year it was that, and I don't know which Terminator movie, um, sorry to, you know, disappoint anyone who's big Terminator fans, but there was a Terminator movie that I went to see um way back in the day with um I had just gotten married and my husband and I went to go see it and when we came back we were just like really freaked out by the whole thing and then we started kind of like getting into like conspiracies and different things like that and I was like have you ever heard of Kent Hovind and then he goes no but have you ever heard of Alex Jones? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, no. So we went home that night and we like binged watched like every crazy conspiracy um, 
documentary or video that we could find. And then we just went ham from, from like then and for like the next couple years, just yeah. like really to the extreme. That's um, awesome. That's awesome that you had someone with you to like go along that path because for myself, I was alone at it. And for times I felt like I was going crazy and I was kind of mm-hmm. questioning my sanity. But after finding the others online, I was like, no, no, there's definitely something to this whole path of awakening and discovering what's really going on. So that's awesome. Yeah. And it really is just a veil that is lifted from your eyes. And I think that's why um, there are some people who are just, you know, intellectuals and have so, you know, plethora of knowledge on all kinds of things and just like cannot see it. Like, I know you've met people, it's like you, they just refuse to accept it. But I, I think that they just cannot, cannot see it. What do you think so, that is, Helen? Because I love asking people that also. What, what is it about, you could have a set of per- perfectly identical twins and one would be, because this is the case with somebody, uh, another podcaster I speak with, she has daughters and, and they're identical twins, but one is awakened like Neo and the other one is kind of like Cyrus, the guy who just wants to be in the Matrix. He doesn't want to know any of this stuff. It, it doesn't interest him. And what do you think that is in, in people that it just, they can't flip that switch or they don't even want to? That's God, you know? It's a hard thing to um, to question and answer, um, <clears throat> but I think, because it can be painful, especially when you're talking about family or, you know, friends that you love, um, but how I've kind of reconciled with it is, um, is not to say, oh, this isn't fair. It's just to say, you know, thank you, God. You know, thank you, Lord, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I understand this, that you've given me eyes to see and ears to hear, you know, Mm -hmm. and just kind of in that, like that humble state of gratefulness. Um, because I really do think that he, I know that he is, you know, behind everything, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that he will cause you to have eyes to see and he will have, um, cause you to have ears to hear at the proper time because he has the perfect time. Um, and, sadly, I, I would prefer to say, um, for some people, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I posted something a couple of weeks ago. It's, it, it was a, a saying. It went like this. <clears throat> Not everyone is put here on earth to evolve. The others were put here to, for you to see what happens when you don't evolve. So that made me think of duality. Like, for example, you can't have love without understanding hate. So there's that mm-hmm. balance of... Um, polar opposites so likewise you can't have people who are awake without having people who are asleep so it's kind of that same thing i think that's so perfect um and i think that that's so very true i think um even in scripture we read that you know some have been placed here for my glory and some have been placed here for destruction which again seems like a hard truth um to swallow but when you think about yeah for that contrast like how would we know the glory of love mm, mm-hmm. if didn't know pain and hate? Right, right. How could how could there be such glory in that? You yeah. know, um, yeah. and then it kind of like makes you 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 know get into get into it and kind of settle into thinking like, oh, okay, so are there just and um, you know, um, I can't even think of it. The um, hmm. and non-player part, no non-player 
Oh, non-NPG non, uh, and and the non-playing characters. Yes, I don't know what's wrong with my brain. It won't it won't compute. <laughs> NPC. NPC, non-player <laughs> characters. Thank you, NPCs. Like, are there? Do we really just have NPCs kind of walking around? I you know? know. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, and then those of us. But you have to be careful with that kind of um, thinking, though, um, because you cannot determine who is an NPC. Right. Right. Yeah. That I, I don't you like. Know, like yeah. you. Speak truth to everyone and speak love to everyone. Like you cannot, you cannot determine. I think some people get a little weird with that. And I'm like, that's, you know, you can't take something like that and like just run wild with it. But yeah, I do. I think that that's said, you said that beautifully, you know, like it's the contrast, you right. know. And I also think, Helen, that, for example, um, dang it, I just lost it. Uh, what was it? Well, I guess I lost it, but let's continue. So you said a couple years ago, I guess right around COVID, you and your husband started diving down deep. Um, what was it that really made you be like, oh man, this is what's happening? Because I'm sure there was a point, or were you always religious, or was there a point where you realized that all of a sudden the conspiracy is kind of aligned with this idea that there's a spiritual war going on? So growing up in a Christian home, I always was spiritual, you know, um, even when I walked away from Christianity, um, to explore different things, um, you know, I still knew that there's, a, there's spiritual things going on, right? I had an experience with God. Um, I felt his presence. There was as a young girl, like there's no way anyone could tell me that he isn't real. You know, it's just getting to, um, weeding out the truths mm. of him, you know? Um, so that has always been solid. Like I've always known, like there is spiritual, you know, reigns, um, and things walking among us. Um, but it was, it was back in maybe like 2012 that, or no, maybe 2010 or something like that, where we, we took that deep dive. And then when COVID hit, I think we, it was kind of like, I want to say the anxiety, although there can be a lot of anxiety that comes along with, with knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. um, we see that even in scripture, you know, with wisdom um, can come a lot of um, sadness. Um, but I think that all laid kind of dormant for a while, um, when you have that hype of the awakening and you're learning all these things about history that no one taught you and, right. and, um, you know, kind of learning how to see beyond just, you know, a bill that's passed or like looking at, um, different things like that. Um, then it slows down when, Oh, we're not, we're not being hauled away into FEMA camps. Um, you know, like we're just kind of watching, the same politician take over, the same politician take over. And, but then when COVID happened is when it all kind of, um, I think revved up in me again, mm, you know, yeah. when I was like, okay, you want to know something, these things that like I knew and had questioned and, you know, kind of maybe thought at one point that I was kind of foolish for, um, being so heavily involved or believing in, um, COVID made me see like, oh no, right. like it confirmed they're, everything. They're still working. 
it basically confirmed everything to me. It was like, okay, oh. they're actually doing this right now, right in front of our eyes. And it's weird because at first I was afraid. For the first two, three weeks, I was like sanitizing everything I bought from the store. But then I think around June, it clicked. And I was like, wait, I've read about this. Uh, people have been talking about this forever. How is it that they really got me, the person who was always raving and talking about this stuff? Even I was afraid and like willing to just submit to the government. And then my the wheels in my head started spinning. I was like, dude, you've been hearing about this forever. And now they're actually doing it and you got caught up in it as well yeah I would say I mean I am definitely not um, afraid to say that I was <laughs> I was ordering all my groceries and then I like tip the drivers um, like just crazy amounts of money because I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe I'm having them do this and then I would sanitize everything before I brought it in mm-hmm. the house mm-hmm. I mean everything I mean bananas like ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like it was really bad because I think for part of me too was like, um, we're gonna. That's what the FEMA coffins are for, you oh, know. Like right, here it is, right. you know. And, and then I had like regret of like, oh, like we knew that all of this was gonna take place, and we were not, we weren't prepared, you mm-hmm. know. Like I was thinking, like we need to head to the mountains. Like we need to just get whatever we can get and just head out. Um, it was a really scary time. Um, but the interesting thing is it wasn't, um, some kind of like crazy awakening of like, Oh no, this is actually, you know, like I should be calm or I should not worry about this. Um, it was just time and it was just, you know, having this demonstrable evidence of like, Oh, you know what? We're all okay. Mm -hmm. And being Florida, it was really like, I would have people, friends or family from out of town who are like, after a while, you know, are you guys okay? Are you, I'm like, we are literally living our best lives. Mm -hmm. Like we are okay. Like I'm like, people were thinking that we were like dying in the streets and I'm like, we're okay. Um, so I think it was just that time where you're like, this is what it is. This, this is not, you know, this is not the end. Um, but it's the beginning of something. Right, right. Uh, it's, just it's, re- it's just real fascinating how they pulled it all. And a lot of us who knew about this stuff, like I said, we fell for it. But I think I think it's a bittersweet thing because I think that they pulled COVID because a bunch of the world was waking up at that time. Hong Kong was having these massive protests. Europe was having protests. And I think they try to use it to, like, calm everyone down and, like, get everyone full of fear and make sure they have their hand <laughs> grip on power but i think it backfired on them because i i talk about this all the time but so many people like you and others it woke them up really to to actually do something so when did you start taking action helen and when did you start getting involved into not only just researching for yourself but actively speaking to others or posting things or getting involved with um ben swan or sovereign media yeah so um i think like a good year into it um, I was working for, I did, um, I was a pre-litigation negotiator for a big law firm and, um, they were not fair or kind during COVID. Mm. Um, they, I loved my job. Um, but it came to a lot of, you know, um, 
just harassment. Like every day we were getting emails about this kid died and this, you know, and, and personal emails, um, from the owner of the firm about, you know, how selfish people are, how crazy people are who don't want to get vaccinated and the mandates are coming. And I remember he said, um, it's easier to find a job without, or it's easier to find a job with a job. So at our farm, we had this mass exodus of people who left because they thought that they were going to get fired. Um, and then we also had a lot of people who really didn't want to get vaccinated, but got vaccinated because they were telling us you'll never work in another law firm again. Um, it was really difficult. Um, and I started kind of thinking of my options. I mean, um, I was very honest. So I was tell, tell you my whole, like the whole train of thought that, you know, there was a moment when things were so bad that I thought, um, and other people in the office had done it. Like maybe I need to get a fake, a fake card, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, how can I, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose this job that I love, you know, my income, like what if I, and then I, Resolved within myself, like, no, you're not doing that. You know, like, you're absolutely not doing that. That is not helpful to you. And it's not really helpful to anyone else. Um, And then um, just the harassment kept coming. Then it was like, okay, everyone, if if you're not vaccinated, um, you're the only ones who have to wear a mask in the office. Like, just being ostracized, just being made to be humiliated, you know? Um, And so... um, but I decided, like, no, I'm not going to quit. Like, they're going to have to fire me, you know? Um, during that time, I had started um, watching a lot of Ben Swan's um, work because I ha- I used to watch him. And he's just, Ben Swan is an absolute living legend um, in uh, the game of truth-telling, Um what does he do? So, is he like a politician or he just uh, like a regular person just speaking truth on the internet? No, um, neither. He is a journalist. He's okay. worked for many major media companies um, um, and um, was fired <laughs> um, for speaking truth. I mean, he's won two Emmy Awards. Wow. Um, but he's really been ostracized by mainstream media um, respect, right? Um, so now he does his own thing and he's opened up this platform sovereign.media that's on its own blockchain um so you can't get an app which i know people have to kind of people are bothered with using something that you don't have an app for um but it's completely censorship free um you can go in and make your own account and follow he has a lot of people uh great names like signed up with sovereign right now um but just so much respect for him because i had watched him you know and then i so i started watching his coverage of everything um and um just getting in touch with him and then one thing led to another um you know and he asked if i would want to come on board and i was like yes (laughs) and then it was just this this light that i was like you know what um maybe this job that i love maybe i do need to set it aside and maybe i need to make a a career change Mm. um so really just becoming so disenchanted with um the career that i loved because of covid and the harassment of covid um and then getting this opportunity to work with someone that i just have so much respect for um and then that's kind of how that took place 
And then um, after that, actually, just since the beginning of the year, I believe I've been doing some work for Skiba News Nation, um, who Skiba News Nation is run by um, the wife and son of Rob Skiba. Are you familiar with Rob Skiba? Sorry, say that again. You broke up a little bit while you were saying the name of that. Oh, no worries. Um, so Skiba News Nation is run by the wife and son of Rob Skiba. Okay. No, I have not heard of them. Okay. Um, the late and great Rob Skiba, he did pass away last year. Um, but he is also like a legend in truth telling. It's Rob Skiba, S-K-I-B-A. Okay. Um, I actually have his books. I followed him for years. Um, was so saddened to hear his passing. Um, but he's like, he's just... He had like the most genuine, um, rigorous heart for for truth. Um, and so, if you guys can check out his stuff, I would check it out. He's, he was amazing. And then that opportunity came, and I'm like, oh my goodness, these these another person that I just have so much respect for. And so, um, eventually, I um, not too long after left my job at the firm and decided to do this full time. That's awesome. And so what do you do there? Because I see you make awesome posts, like these mean type of things that you do for them. But what, what is it that all you do for them? Um, for Sovereign, I write for Ben. Um, so I will go to events and do interviews um, and then write articles. So I write articles for his Sovereign Media page. Okay, yeah, I've seen you go out there and like be on the streets and doing that kind of uh, journalism, mm -hmm. just talking with people. And I think that's awesome. And it's strange because now that all this technology is available, CNN is not the only person. And as a matter of fact, they're going down. Their numbers are dwindling. And it seems more that now people have the power to go themselves out, create a channel, have followers, and then spread their message. And it's, I remember like five years ago maybe, on Joe Rogan, he said, in the future, people are not going to have jobs. They're going to have their own channels. And you're going to have to figure out how to get people's attention or how to spread your message or your story. And that's essentially going to be the way that you kind of make a living maybe on this world. And it's so interesting to see now it's happening. You have people journal doing journalism. And then it's even funny. I see some people that go to clubs and they'll just ask questions to people. But they're out there in the streets with their microphone and the camera and they got their own following, and I think it's amazing how we live in this this world. It's like we live in a type of renaissance right now where we have the power and the technology to make heaven on earth, but it's just the sad thing is that we're ruled by the worst among us, the least imaginative, the least compassionate, the least knowledgeable, and this is the reason that we are in the way we are. And when people like to talk to me and they want to talk about how to destroy the new world order or what do we do, it's not so much about what you do to take them down. It's what do you do to empower yourself? What do you do to raise your mm -hmm. awareness, your knowledge? How do you become more self-sufficient? How do you become reliable with your neighbors? And like, just walk away. It, it's not so much about fighting and pitchforking the new world order. It's all about just live your life. And how I end my show, it's always know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. And that's my basic tenet that with that, this is what we're doing right now, Helen. We're finding the others. Now we have a connection, you and me. Now we have people uh -huh. spreading these ideas. You're telling them to go check out Rob Skiba, uh, Ben Swan, Sovereign Media. And all these things are opening up these doors and possibilities for people to interact, connect. And that's how we win. You find the others, and then you just start doing what 
what they each kind of motivate each other to do, which I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram is farming, having your own food, your own garden, <clears throat> relying, meeting people who are like-minded and I love it and it's beautiful and you're doing it. And so what is the mission of Sovereign Media? You kind of said it's already a platform for non-censorship. Is it like Instagram or Twitter? Um, so the way it's set up is you can go in and make your account and you can make posts and then you can also follow people. They also have, um, these circles that you can join, which is kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of the equivalent, like maybe a Facebook, like a Facebook group, mm. right? Facebook groups. Um, and they're expanding and they're still bringing more things, but it's literally just a place that cannot be touched by Google, that cannot be touched by Apple, um, that is completely censorship free, which I think is just so important. And I wish that, um, my hope obviously is for people to join and to create those communities, like you said, right. Um, because there, that is the question of like, what can we do to fight the new world order? Right. And my answer would always be, It is always the right thing to stand up for truth. And it is always the right thing to fight for righteousness. You're never going to be wrong in that. Um, But at the end of the day, um, what's happening around us is going to happen. Right. So as much as uh, for me personally, as much as I, um, think it's important to talk about China and I wish that the uh, mainstream media was talking about BRICS and Saudi Arabia and and that's you know to me that's like one of the biggest stories right now that's being ignored um and I and I think that you know it's it's good to be prepared and all of these things but at the end of the day I can help somebody you know be prepared for a very rough time mm-hmm. which is a beautiful thing I can help to open somebody's eyes and all of those things um but for me personally the message I would always want to get across um is that we all have the same fate one day right like we're we're none of us are going to escape death YOLO right you're like yeah none of us are going to escape death like we can you know we can wake up and we can um save our neighbor you know from an early death or whatever it is. Um, but the greatest knowing that that's our faith, the greatest hope and only hope that, that I know is literally in, again, as a Christian is in Jesus Christ, um, who died and rose again, um, and took on the burden of our shame and our sin, um, so that we could be reconciled with our creator. Um, and I think that is the end game. Right. Like that's when you get to like, oh, I've I've won. I am. There's nothing in this world now that can separate me from my creator. I love Um, that. I love that. That's beautiful. And the way I like to explain it to people now, because everyone's all about simulation theory. So I pose it to them like this. (laughs) So imagine there was a God or a programmer and he created this world or this simulation, whatever it is. He gave you free will. He could have made you a robot to just worship him, but he gives you the opportunity to choose if you want to follow him or you want to do your own thing. And so the way I see it is, okay, imagine this programmer. He lived outside the program, but he loved you so much that he decided to 
come down from his high place, his throne, where he was um, omniscient, omnipotent, everywhere at the same time, he decided to step away from that and enter the simulation and be prone to disease, to pain, to crying, to death. And he, he did the ultimate thing that he died for you. So he went through it all to show you and to prove to you that it's possible to live a righteous life. So when you see it through, that, through those eyes, you're more like, wow, that's a, it's an even much more powerful story to see that your creator, he put himself in your shoes, essentially. He showed you that, yes, he's highly and he's so powerful and all, but he's willing to set it all down and to put himself in your shoes and walk for you. And it kind of makes me want to tear up sometimes. And I'm just like, how do people believe in atheism? How do people just look at the trees and say, oh, yep, that was an accident. All of this is an accident. I'm an accident. It's all do whatever you it's want, right? For nothing. Yeah, it's just for nothing. I even think when you look at evil and the evil in the world, you see God. Not because God is evil, but because you see that there is, like we talked about, like the contrast and this design. Um, and it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking, right, to see people who really think that way. Um, but it's also humbling again, and then you have you have to like be in this, or you become in in this state of humility when you're just so overwhelmed and grateful, you know that like you know that, you know, like you are you know reconciled with the Father, and you have all this evil going on around you, um, but and you'll continue to fight, and we should continue to fight for righteousness and truth, and and you know. Um, you know, bring people together and all of that, like that is good, right? We should do good. Um, but at the end of the day, knowing, um, that that's the, that's the end game. Like that's, that, that's, you know, case closed, like, like you're good. Right. Um, that feels, that feels great. Um, but it, it is, um, it's a funny thing because, uh, truth seeking, um, it can give you anxiety which I'm sure you know. Yes. Um, it can cause depression. Yes. Um, it can. You go through um, those whole five cycle of death. I think it's first anger, depression. You try to make a bargain, and then at the end, you're like, "Fuck! I guess, I guess this is what's happening." Yeah, yeah. It's intense. It's very worrisome. Um, um, and then in this, at the same time, just simultaneously, it can be very fun trying to, you know what I mean? Yes, like yes. piece together, like. Uh, it's just a wild ride, right? To 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 look into all this information and and try and piece it together, um, which I guess you know more. It, it, we want to speak a moment on like current events, and I was touching a little bit on on China, <clears throat> and um, I don't know if you're familiar with BRICS. BRICS, I've heard of it. Tell us. So BRICS is, um, stands for, um, Brazil, Russia, India, um, China, and, oh, it's escaping me. Um, it's basically, um, and again, to me, this is like one of the biggest stories, um, right now. And like no, uh, major media company is, is talking about it. Um, so Basically, what's happening with BRICS is China um, has formed their own um, economic alliance with these um, other countries. 
um, which would be worrisome to begin with. But the real terror is coming with Saudi Arabia, who um, last year showed some interest and then is due in June to be voted in. If they vote in, they uh, become part of BRICS. Um, that would be the end of the petrodollar. So what are you saying? Like the absolute end. They're going to form a new alliance, and this would be, I guess, the new G6 type of summit thing? Or what What do you mean? Well, exactly. So, you know, we have, like, um, the banking system, we have the IMF, and we know all the trouble that's been going on, going on there. Um, if Saudi Arabia joins BRICS, and they have all their own special alliances with how they deal um, with, like, their oil and different banking systems and stuff like that, um, it would be the end of the petrodollar, which would be the end of Western um, Western economic dominance right. in the world, yeah. um, which would mean absolute disaster for our country. I mean, oh, we are seeing like our banks are starting to fail. And I know like a lot of people think like, oh, well, you know, these little banks. Oh, um, it's just to be for a distraction. And it's like, I don't think so, guys. I think that there's a lot of a lot of people that know enough about what's going on. Our politicians um, and the elite in this country, the people with the power, they're not ignorant to what's happening because the media is talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. They know. And I think there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes right now. And that's why we're seeing all these, all these um, strange coincidences. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think that they're. Um, I think that people are preparing um, while keeping us um, out of the know um, and not and and not you know to not be prepared. And because I mean I think China plays and is going to play such a huge role in the destruction of our country. And I hate to you know sound so so sure of that. You know, like um, God willing, like we'll be okay. Um, but I don't think that it's just China that is um, the enemy. Like, what do we know about China? We know that we have found um, countless amounts of Chinese spies in our universities, right? Mm -hmm. We know that for decades, China has been buying up U.S. soil. Should never happen. No one's creating laws against it. Um, we know that China has positioned themselves now um, to become this new um, dominance in global economic, you know, economy. Right. So, and they also own most of the cobalt mines in South Africa. So that's more control. Yes. yes. And all their and everything they're doing is so strategic. And um, I wrote an article for Schema News, um, the most recent article that um, if America was being attacked, would we even know? Right. And in part of the article, I talk about how Americans, we think so differently um, than other countries. Like we think in in short terms and two year terms and four year terms. What can we get done in this two year term? You know, because of our, our politics. Right, right. What can we get done for your terms? Other countries, they don't think like that. They think long term decades to get their um, to get their missions across. Places, people like China, they plan long term. They, they're they not restricted 
um, to these two, four year, you know, thoughts, they have patience that we, we don't have. So all these things that we've seen that have been happening for decades, it's part of a plan that is still in the works. You know, it's not like this is a chapter of China's history against America. And then this is a new chapter of Chinese history against America. Like, no, this is just continuation. Now, is China against, you know, the new world order or what, you know, um, um, you know, Klaus Schwab and, and all of his boys are doing? No, I think that they're playing a role, right? I don't think that um, everybody, I think every everybody knows enough to be able to play their role. I think we have people in our current administration who know enough to be bribed with power and position in the new order to play along. Yeah. But I absolutely do not believe um, that there's anyone in our current administration who has not signed on to this new order in 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 one sense of, of how they know they don't love America. Yeah. They don't love America. They want to see something new, um, and they're working towards that. Right. It's sad because it, it, the Nazis didn't lose. They just transferred. They moved and they put masks on. And it, it, when I always think about it, seems so weird how right after World War II, it seemed like America started coming into attack. Uh, they lowered the power of the dollar. They killed JFK. It seems like it's weird. The Nazis are still alive and they're doing the things that they would have done if they were still alive and around in, in the public scene. But they're doing it behind the scenes now. And I'm sure you heard that China is the model and that's where they want to go to. They want a totally surveilled state where you don't even have to have a wallet. You can pay with your facial identity. Um, it's all controlled and tracked. And you can see it. They're doing the 15-minute cities, the line, which is a city in Saudi Arabia, which is just a single line. And it seems everything they're doing, even Mr. Elon Musk, who everyone kind of loves, he's doing all the things that are leading toward the fourth industrial revolution, which is a surveilled state where you have to be plugged into the matrix. There's no going out into off the grid living. You have to be within these cities that are basically concentration camps. And it's just the new modern version where if they pull this off, humanity is going to be screwed. And I think it's very important that people like us are speaking out and trying to at least put the seed in other people because the time is, it, it's so brazen now. They're not even hiding it. Like they're doing things out in the open to where I don't, I don't get how people are not questioning or, or crying or doing something. To oh, they're, they're, exa- they're absolutely telling us. Um, in TED Talks, you know what I mean? Like in all kinds of things, like they're very, very open about what they want. Um, And the thing is that there are enough people who are okay with it. Enough people who are going to be like, oh, yeah, this is beneficial. Oh, this is a better way of life. So I guess I don't see anything as possible. I don't see a possibility where we're not flooded with these uh, 15-minute cities where, you know, we're not. I just think it's going to happen. My my hope is that with what you do and what I do and, 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 you know, with waking people up is that there'll be enough of us that we're able to live outside of that. 
that we will become so independent, so knowledgeable that we can um, like the Amish, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know, maybe we'll live a little better than the Amish and like be able to make our own pools or something. But, you know, something like that, where we're just, um, we're able to live outside of that. God willing, we would be allowed to, but they're so open and there's so many um, people that would go along with it. I was out at like a lounge um, a couple months ago and I just kind of looked around and I realized if we, um, if we were occupied tomorrow, like an international occupation, like the United States of America was occupied, um, these people would still be here enjoying their time. Like that, I think is super concerning. Um, and you know, the biggest problem is just how many people would, would go along with it and think that that type of occupation is a good thing. You know, um, when you see all these, um, people are saying, Oh, it's just, you know, it's just the failed infrastructure and all of these train derailments. And I mean, there's so much going on at once right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, economically everything, we are so very frail that we could easily, so very easily at any moment, find ourselves in a situation where our current administration would happily happily call for international help and that international help would become international occupation of the United States of America. We've done it to countries. They can do it to us. So it's this slow takeover um, that's happening. Again, how do you take over um, the country that is the, has been the world's power for how long without them even knowing it, you know, with, with, with them accepting it, with us accepting with the help um so i think that would it be amazing if we could push them back mm -hmm. um would it be amazing if we could stop them yeah but i think that i think i think they're pretty well positioned and what i see obviously just you know predictions is that i guess hopeful predictions is that we will have these pockets of rebellion left you know no, for sure. Uh, Actually, I want to share with you this. This is something that I use, Chat GP, GPT. I've been messing with it. It's this AI software that you can talk to, and it'll write a story. It'll um, send you links to information that you need. But this is what I asked it. This is what I asked Chat GPT. I told it, write me a short story about humanity overthrowing the new world order with art and gardening. And so this is what it wrote in less than a minute. It wrote. Once upon a time, a new world order had taken over the planet. The rulers of the order were ruthless and oppressive, leaving no room for creativity, expression, or individuality. They had taken control of everything, including environment, and destroyed all natural beauty that once existed. But there were a few individuals who refused to accept this reality. They believed in the power of art and gardening to bring about change. And so they set out to overthrow the new world order with their creative skills. They started cultivating small gardens on abandoned lands, spreading greenery and beauty wherever they could. They used their artistic talents to paint murals and graffiti 
expressing their thoughts and feelings against the oppression. They made sculptures and installations that celebrated diversity and, in, diversity and individuality. And that's the answer right there, basically. It's not like really trying to unite against the New World Order. It's just finding the people who are in the same wave, wavelength as us and gardening and making a bunch of art that, that shows this message of freedom, no censorship, love, traditional values, family. This is the thing that I feel has the potential. Because whenever I see that video of Freddie Mercury singing at that stadium, I see that's power. He has more power in his voice singing than a dictator like, like, like uh, Adolf Hitler speaking into a microphone. Because Freddie Mercury, mm -hmm. he's leading with love and passion and this vigor of, yes, I'm with you. And, and Hitler was leading with these things of, you have to do this because we're going to rule the world. You have to do this because it's for our nation. More of this antagonistic mm -hmm. type, of, type of speech. And that's what the solution is, art and gardening. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love that. And you're right. It is when you have those dictators, it's we're going to do this and it's all fear based. Um, but walking how you're saying it's 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 beauty based, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we're going to we're going to keep the glory and beauty, you know, and do these things and keep things beautiful. Right. I, I love that. That's and, and that's wild that um, that AI stuff is. Is wild. Yeah, it's blowing my mind. I, I I really don't know now with all this AI stuff. I, I have a harder time predicting or even thinking about what can happen. But yet again, I think it's a tool. And if we used it to our benefit, we can make our voice and our pen strong. We can maybe use this, this software to make images that really compel people to, to look at things at a different way. Because the images that it generates are so like, and it generates them within a minute. It's just so amazing that I think there's going to be artists out there that use this technology to spread our message of freedom and just living human as God intended it, to, with beauty, with your family, healthy, strong, committed, you know, all these good values that are being erased from humanity. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think our time on this earth, I, I agree, I think like that's that's the best that we can do right is that's the that is the best way we can fight back is 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 to live in in actual love and live in actual beauty as god intended like right. absolutely yeah and i see it there's people like making these ideas of buying a patch of land you each have your own home but y'all all work on the land together kind of like a commune mm -hmm. but with more individuality and space between y'all because i think it is kind of silly like to kind of try to force people to live in one place that's where that's where issues start i believe yeah yeah no totally i mean that situation specifically i think would work among people who wanted to do it you know what i mean yeah. and I, I don't think there's anything anything wrong in it um, but it is, but at the same time, it, it's so important that we, we start sharing, um, the same way we're sharing our knowledge and our truth that, you know, that we've learned, we have to start sharing our resources, yeah. you know, we have to start, um, you know, taking our talents, um, fine tuning them so that we can use them, um, not only now, but especially like in darker days to come. You know, right, right. Um, we have to find each other. Right. We have to find 
other. Because I was going to tell you this last time when we were going to speak last week, I was going to tell you, you know, I could spend all day just researching and posting stuff about the new world order. But what good does that do if I'm not talking to my neighbor? So I'm growing plants now. Um, I have uh, jalapeno peppers. I have bell peppers, strawberries. And so now I'm cloning these plants and I'm going to give them to my neighbors and be like, hey, here, I grew this for you. Just take care of it. And we can all have food and we can all share with each other if anything were to happen. And so that's that's part of it. You're building a community with the people that you can have some type of connection and camaraderie, camaraderie with. I can't even say it. But yeah, that's it's what you're doing now with what you have not i mean yes we can talk about all this stuff as much as we want but what are you doing in reality in the real world to like to fight back in a way yeah and you know what that's that's what plugging unplugging from the matrix is right um because we we can just get just as easily caught up in um you know in going and deep diving and going down rabbit holes um and forget to live and forget to actually love. You know, we we also have to be present and we have to see those around us and we have to love those around us. So that's that is just so true. And I do see a lot that happening with a lot of people um you know just getting caught up and it's like that's all for nothing if you're not and loving the people around you, you know, your neighbors, your coworkers. Um you know, like that, that's, that's really what it's about, right. you know, and then you, you're telling truth out of love, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's part of, you know, part of it. But yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you on that. That's super important. Right. Because like, before I started this podcast, I knew about all these things. Um, I wasn't posting anything and it was just like kind of selfish and greedy because I was learning all this knowledge, but I wasn't doing anything with it. Like I knew the soaps from the store, by detergents, all these stuff, and I, I kind of would ignore it. But now that I had the podcast and I'm actually talking about it, it, it holds some type of conviction in me to actually use the knowledge that I've learned and and not buy the soap that's harming you, buy water that's actually um, clean and doesn't have plastics <laughs> in it. Do the things that you actually talk about. Walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. And so I guess we're, we're at an hour. Um, I asked you for an hour and I don't want to take up more of your time. As we end, I want to play this video for you and I want to hear what you think about it because this video, um, it's my glimmering hope because I believe that the elites that we have now are the dumbest. They're like, they've had everything for them, been spoon fed and they don't have any good concrete original idea. So I want you to listen to this uh, and then tell me what you think about it, okay? Okay. Here we go. Look at the bankers in the 20s and 30s and 40s. They are wildly, wildly more competent than now. If you look at the moon landing PSYOP or the 9-11 PSYOP and compare it, compare it to COVID or compare it to what kind of stuff they're trying to do now, it's not even close how much better they used to be at, at doing, because the PSYOP is a way to change behavior to get consent to get people to go kill a bunch of Muslims because they don't want to use your dollar, you have to create a fear to get moral people, you see see it? To get moral people to pick up a gun and go murder a stranger 8,000 miles away for no fucking reason. It's hard to get a living man or woman to do that. So you have to create an existential crisis out of thin air. You know, you have to shut down the economy or else you're gonna kill grandmother with invisible germs. Nonsense. 
Uh, but they pulled it off because people, if you said, listen, don't go shopping. We're having a liquidity issue. We have to shut down the economy for six months. People would say, fuck you. If you say, listen, if you hug your grandma, if you like, if you go shop at this store, uh, everyone's gonna die that you up. They're gonna go, oh, how dare you, right? And so that's why they do PSYOPs. They're, they're really running out of abilities at this point. Because this last one didn't even have a narrative. It's just naked corruption. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. What do you think about that, Helen? Yeah, I think... Um, I think that our current administration, um, I think they're fools. I think they're clowns. I think it's, it's, in, it's, it's hard to watch um, how stupid they are. Um, but I don't think that the people who chose them are stupid at all. And I think that, um, I don't think they're sloppy. It looks like they're sloppy. I think that they um, are causing division and, 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 and separation. And I think it does have a spiritual aspect to it where um, they're just causing a calling of people. I think um, they don't need to fool us all because they're not going to fool us all. Mm -hmm. And even after this, this latest, um, this latest act with COVID, um, to us, it seems like they were very sloppy, but I think that they, I think they knew what they were doing. I think that there were tons of people that woke up and they need to know who's, they need to know who's who. Hmm. Okay. Well, I see your point. I, I just feel that like everything, like an architecture, if you look at the ancient architecture, the buildings were beautiful and strong and they're still, they still last to this day, but we can't even build something that lasts a hundred years. So likewise, I feel that knowledge and the ability these people had has dwindled. And now the elites now are kind of like the, the dumbest of all of them. They're kind of just, you can see them running around and, and trying to maintain this illusion. Like they're trying so hard that you're seeing the, you're seeing behind the curtain in a way. So that one of my glimmering hopes is that they're in them trying to keep up all these lies, they're going to slip up and we're going to see behind the curtain. And this will kind of maybe be a pre-context to get more people to wake up en masse. So that's my glimmering hope. Listen, I like that you're ending this with a white pill. I like that. <laughs> I, I like it and I appreciate it. I think that was the right move. I have to. I have to because like I said, I could, I, like I said, I could, I could go down the black pill. I could be helpless. I could be full of fear, but that's, that's negative low frequency. Like in the movie, uh, Monsters, Inc. You, you've seen Monsters, Inc., right? I have not. You haven't seen? Okay, well, it's, you should check it out. It's a kid's movie. It's a Disney movie, but it tells so much. So I'll just break it down quickly. It's about these monsters in an alternative world that they go through these doors and they end up going through kids' closets. And this is, so they go into kids' closets and they scare kids. And they use that fear, they bottle it up in a bottle, and they use that fear to power their world. In their world, they actually get electricity from screams and fear of children. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but, but the way the movie puts it, it, it doesn't seem evil, but it's when you really take a step back and see what they're doing, it's all about adrenochrome, whatever. 
But the mm-hmm. thing that people never talk about in the movie is at the end of the movie, they find out that they can get more power and more electricity from making kids laugh. So it's, again, that thing of love, love and hate. There's more power and more energy and more frequency in love and happiness and togetherness and there, that there is in fear and all that dark stuff. So that's why I like to end on a positive note. Well, I love that. I love that. And you're right. There is more power. There's more power in love. Yes. So thank you, Helen, for joining us. I'm going to put your links and the links for Rob Skiba and Ben Swan. Any links you want me to share with the audience, send them over to me. And um, I'd like to have you on again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like we could talk forever. I appreciate you having me. Same and likewise. And um, anything you want to end with or anything you want to share with the audience? Um, I just think that we're going to ride the wave of your white pill for a good minute and just that there's more um, love and power. I think you said it best. I think that's what that was the perfect note to end on. Cool, cool, cool. All right, guys. So that's Helen. Please go check out her notes and all the links below. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. All right, guys. That was my talk with Helen. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Uh, Like I said, it's always nice to meet like-minded people. That's what we're here to do. So as I come to a close, I want to play another song by Akira the Dawn. I love this guy. always has a good positive message. The name of the song is called Don't Worry. And it came to me as um, Helen was talking about worrying about the future or whatever. And I, I always think about this thing that Terrence McKenna said in a talk. And they made a song from it. And Akira the Dawn, again, he's like an electronic artist. And he just samples speeches or parts of speeches and makes awesome songs about it. I think last episode or two episodes before, we also ended with another Akira the Dawn song. But this one is called Don't Worry by Terrence McKenna. Check it out. Peace.
Worry is preposterous. Peace.